Derek Garbrow. What's happening? Hey, Adam Jabay. I've been talking to you a lot lately. <laughs> oh, we're good buddies. Good, uh, good buddies. A lot of. Uh, you're on my primary rules advisory committee for GLTC. Uh, the uh, the committee, and uh, man, we have been a talking. <laughs> <laughs> We've been debating. I've been talking to you and screaming at a couple other guys on the committee. So, I think a couple times you got a little screamy with me. There was a lot of there was a lot of long message blocks there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we we decided that uh, since we're probably going to release the GLTC rules tomorrow, uh, we should record a podcast tonight talking about the GLTC rules. So, uh, for those of you who uh, couldn't give a shit about GLTC. This might not be the show for you. <laughs> so, no, you might be bored pretty quick. But uh, I mean, we're also going to be talking about the the theory and the thought behind uh, everybody's opinions, and like, how do we make the racing tighter? So maybe it'll be interesting. But I mean, maybe yeah. it'll be a terrible, typical slip angle podcast as well. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, yeah. we could also just end up doing like twenty minutes on RVs in the middle. There's yeah. no telling. So I mean, yeah, it, you, know, uh, you won't know, and we won't know mm-mm. unless you listen. Yeah, so here we go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> How's things in Texas? Everything good down there? Dude, it's nice. It's still pretty warm here, 90 degrees. I think we have a cool front coming soon, but okay. it's it's just nice and good. Work's picked up. I'm busy as ever. Yeah, so. it seems like you're as busy as you've ever been right now. Uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I was full-time before COVID. Now I'm full-time and a half yeah, at you're, the moment. Yeah, you're, so. you're freaking draining the three-pointers in the in the uh, the busyness land right now. So Yeah, we're sh- we're shitting and getting. So yeah, it's a, it's a good th- it's a good thing though. Playing catch up from, you know, working 20 hours a week for a lot of the months of the summer. So Yeah, home health care stuff is different when you when people don't want you in their homes. So Mhm. Yep. Um not ideal. Not no. ideal, but I can't work in a hospital, so um, I can't. You can't. I'm a wild horse. Can't trap me in in one building all day. I go freaking nuts. <laughs> yeah, you'd be one of them. Uh, you'd be like uh, uh, free will, and your and your dorsal fin will fold over, man. <laughs> yeah, we want that. I think we want that. When like when I get when I get stressed, I eat. I'd probably just end up getting real fat. Yeah. I've been eating a lot lately. I'm pretty stressed, and I really don't know why. But uh, also been trying to do lots of squats, so uh, trying to get that booty. But squats help. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, you uh, you're gonna come down and hang out with us at Nola in a few weeks, correct? Most definitely. Okay, a lot of Texas yeah. buddies. A lot of Texas buddies are coming. So mm-hmm. real, real excited. Are you about cruising that? down with it's, somebody? You're taking your truck, I think, right? I'm just taking my truck um, okay. by myself. So. The yeah. wife is not coming. Oh, we don't get to see Alex um, at all, huh? No. Uh, mainly just because we're just in like such money crunch mode right now, trying to save for this house that, um, you know, I am I can sleep in the truck, but she would want to get a hotel or rent a camper or whatever. So it's right. a lot cheaper for me to just roll down by myself. Yeah. Um, and her sister's pregnant with the first grandchild, you know, okay. the first kid of 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 the cut co- will be the cousins, I guess. But right. Uh, so that's the due date's really close around there too. So she may, she may be, you know, because uh, where we grew up is in the middle of Austin and Nola. So it's like about four hours to where my hometown is, and then another okay. four hours to Nola. So she may be closer to Nola, but probably probably not at Nola. Okay. Well, first uh, first grandbaby is always kind of exciting. So 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Her youngest sister's got got one in the oven, so should that's be cool. Soon. Maybe a Halloween baby. I don't know. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, no racing for you, but you're coming. And, you're coming and hanging out and helping me make things happen, which is I appreciate it. And uh, yes, coming yeah. to hang out. Um, I do have a a lot of buddies that are telling me already that probably let me drive their car some. So, I, my buddy Lobster's coming with the C7 vet. He's yeah. at PPIR, so yeah. cool he car. already told me that I could take some laps in that car. So I'm pretty excited about that. Have you ever driven Nola? I don't think you have. Have you? I haven't driven it, but uh, you know, it's like. I started doing track stuff uh, in uh, NASA Space Jumpers, so yeah, uh, Texas, and that's on the Texas schedule for for that organization. Yeah, it's one of the places so, that you guys go. Right? Yeah, so you know, th- there was there's been times where you know I've been planning to go to that NASA event and then uh, didn't turn out. But I, you know, it's not like a lot of the a lot of the people that race with us haven't even been thinking about that track ever, or even the possibility of going there. Right. Yeah. Um, where I've been watching, I haven't been there, but I, or driven it, but I've been watching video on that track for half a decade. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it, um, it, it's I'm like, excited to drive it. It's like Midwest people going to like mid Ohio or road America, depending on where they're at. But like, you know, that that's not, that's not out of the ordinary, but yeah, going to NOLA is sort of like going to PPIR distance wise for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I think I think a, a lot of people are going to be really um, surprised about how badass that track is. Yeah, it's supposed um, to be super fun to race, especially at like uh, mid-level power cars like this. Yeah, pretty. Pre- the the I mean, it's not really the power thing. Um, it's fast and fun cars too. Yeah, uh, it looks like or, you <laughs> it, know, it's fun and fast cars. You mean? <laughs> yeah, fun and fast cars. That's what yeah. I. That's what, that's what my brain said, but not my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um it's full of like i quite enjoy all the tracks that are full of that has a couple fast corners you know right. i really like the um the hanging like out a, uh, know, road america stuff and yeah, yeah and, and you even think about road atlanta you know you have turn 12 over 100 mile an hour you have turn one which if you're in a a good car you're you're up on almost 100 mile an hour there right um and then turn turn six at road atlanta is like 80 mile an hour you know it's a lot of fast corners right right um so like the, the opposite of gingerman where there's one fast corner is is like there's like one and a half fast corners of gingerman come on uh i mean that's all really one corner seven eight nine yeah that's that's yeah Yeah. it's like (laughs) it's one it's really just one corner it's like yarbrough's favorite track gingerman raceway it's like 16 17 18 at coda you know it's like you turn in once right (laughs) yeah it's just one corner you, you never stop turning so it sort of feels like a turn yeah yeah um, yeah, Nola is a lot more. It, I think Nola is designed by the same guy that designed Gingerman. Um, but yeah, Nola's uh, it's flat, but it's it's a he little was, bit more uh, high speed. He was so. off the off the booze that weekend though when he designed <laughs> Nola. It's a little better. Yeah, it, it, or maybe he was uh, on the booze. You know, yeah. it's got a fast straight though. I mean, from my buddies, I'm, they're saying that their mile an hour is similar at Coda and Nola. Right. Um, so maybe well, a, a little real shorter, long straight, real long. Really? Yeah, a little shorter straight than Coda, but a little faster corner before and after, so it ends up same mile an hour. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I would expect straight, uh, GLTC cars probably going to be like 130, so 125, 130. So. Uh, yeah, you know, we were between 128 and 132 at Coda, so you know, should probably expect same, somewhere yeah. in there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my my guess for a GLTC, like either pole or lap record lap, is a. Uh, Somewhere in the high fifty ones, mid fifty ones. Like one, uh, Nola, if we one fifty ones. Yeah, one fifty one and a half, one fifty one point eight. This is my guess for pole. Um, the locals don't believe me, 
So they don't. I don't think they understand. <laughs> they don't get it, how, man. <laughs> yeah, how much heat, how much heat these homeboys bring. Yeah, uh, it's it has gotten so. Uh, uh, to put it in perspective, uh, Mr. Tomo Gomor, um, he has driven everything. He's uh, the freaking IMSA pilot uh, race winner, and he's won SRO and PWC and whatever it was called then. Um, and uh, a couple weeks ago, we were we were playing with the new Garmin thing um, at uh, Gingerman, he and I. And um, he said to me, he's like, do you... What are you gonna do about how fast GLTC is? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, it's too fast. <laughs> it's too it's too hard to win. And I was like, you're the best driver I've ever seen ever, and you're complaining about how hard it is to win at GLTC. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it'll happen. Well, yeah. you know, before Tomo was driving for Honda and stuff like that, whereas you know, he had a team trying to get him the best car they could, which right, they failed right. at sometimes, and sometimes they did a good job. Obviously, yeah. Um, now, now Tomo is starting to realize, oh, dang, i got to give myself the best car, and that's a little harder. Yeah, it costs it's, a little kind more, of, it's a job, It costs some money. It's a job. Yeah. Uh, he's like, these cars are so expensive. And I was like, Eric and Aaron have $900 engines. <laughs> I'm like, they're not – Yeah. It's not that bad. I mean, it's not like – Yeah. It's just development and freaking pushing and Tom, it, you know. And, and, and Tom got an uh, amazing deal on, on that S2000 that he has that he bought from a listener, Die. Shout out to Die. Yeah, yeah. Um, who's coming to NOLA, I think. I think he Should he be? was like the first person that signed up, actually. I, I hope he's still yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Die's yeah. coming. So yeah. um, I know uh, Dyson Fam's coming. He was a blue S2000. Yeah. Uh, At Coda. So he's been... Yeah. He, yeah, he's been messaging me. He's he's coming back out. So nice, nice. He was fast um, at Coda. I think was he he was third on the or uh, third and second in a couple of races. So yeah, um, I raced against him twice and I beat him once. Um, but I think that he had some really old tires on that race. Right. And then he got some borrowed some newer tires and uh, he beat me that next race. Yeah, um, he's uh, he's no slouch. Which, so which uh, my car was overheating that race. So if that's my racer excuse, but yeah, it's a great uh, excuse. It's very common. Uh, but yeah, he's he's a, he's a ripper. Got a lot of track records uh, regionally, and or don't know if he has any right now, but it has in the past. Um, but yeah. he's been running that blue S two thousand for a long time. It, it was a really nice street car for a while, and then it was a, a TTB car, um, and then it was a TT four car, and then he made it a race car in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, which I don't think, and it's kind of a funny thing is, I don't think he races it anymore uh, regionally because yeah. he's a little scared of it getting wrecked. Um, he'll, he'll only do TT regionally, but he will race with us. So that oh, well, says nice. a little something. Says a little something about about our race series. Well, yeah, hopefully we can keep up the uh, the cleanliness. Uh, I don't. Uh, we, yeah, we haven't had any. Nobody's totaled anybody else. So uh, in two no, years, no. So. Two so, sounds like the yeah. sounds like the boys get a little wild at Gingerman because I guess I stayed in Texas, so people thought they could show their ass in Gingerman. So yeah, well, uh, I, yeah. I got to come to Nola and make sure everybody behaves. Yeah, we had a lot of we had we had a, we had a little bit of craziness, but it was also the largest field we've ever had. Um, yeah, mixed yeah. conditions, right? Cold, um, cold, and super wet, and like surprisingly wet. Like everybody rolled off yeah. onto a dry track, and then by the end of the pace lap, it was downpours. So like surprise, no traction, uh, and a couple yep. a couple of bumpers dinked. But like, uh, uh, I think the worst piece of damage was. Jorge got uh, Jorge got hit in race three by an ABS lockup by the Corvette, um, 
but fixable. He's a body man too, uh, just like a, a, a kind of kind of pushed in a bunch of body work and broke a motor mount. Um, so sucks sucks for that. Yeah, that uh, was a that was an ABS failure. Yeah, so literally, like literally, I was right behind the car, and like literally, the whole the whole thing went up in smoke, and like he should have probably pedaled that uh, that that middle pedal a little bit more. But, yeah. Um, I, I saw some people say that too in, in, in the chats, sometimes but you can't. I mean, sometimes yeah, I mean, man, it, not much if you're do, so. if it's you know that was a rental driver too, right? It's not your car. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going for really a die bomb pass, right? On a car, you should be a lot faster than because um, that Corvette's prepped to the rules, right? right. And uh, Jorge is not, so um, so basically he was going for a die bomb die bomb pass or inside pass, yeah, it just right? Didn't work, right? And the and the, you know and there was just no ABS, um, and so you're so committed there. I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you lift or don't lift off the brakes, you're just gonna maybe go a little slower when you hit them. Um, but it right. probably wouldn't have changed much, right? Um, maybe, maybe if Jorge would have caught him in the mirror, I was then just gonna say that it's it, it's a good lesson to like a lot of us to like, especially in those uh, in those situations where. Uh, like like uh, like say you're in a spec Miata and you're not in a spec Miata race you're like like Jorge right uh, watch those mirrors man you never know who's coming hard and uh, you see that smoke like you know run away just and it, stay a hard good left. example a good example of that done correctly um, which of course like of course it's not Jorge's fault right it's the Corvette's no, no. fault he lost he lost control of his vehicle um, yeah, so you hope you that know, you can mecha- do this but but you can't always yeah. pull that off right sometimes Me- you mechanical failure then, or not yeah. Yeah. But, like I said, you always want to look back at every incident and think about whether it was my fault or not. How could I rewind the tape and yeah. make a different decision to not hit another car? Right? Yeah. And how could I? And, how could I help other people learn from uh, what happened to me or yeah. my mistake? Or uh, yeah, in Jorge's case, a, what happened to him? You know, he might have looked in his mirror, a, looked forward, and then the Corvette locks up. You never know. But like a, a good a good example of that done correctly um, is. Uh, Kutil at Road America. Oh yeah, um, with uh, I, with Gordon Gordon Makalevich. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gordon uh, went for I would say a heroic uh, inside pass. Uh, hit one of his um, very good friends and uh, and uh, the GLTC comp eval uh, king Scott Giles said uh, he took a thirty four hundred pound Acura TL and he broke at the IndyCar breaking point. So <laughs> yeah, that was um, it was optimistic. optimistic. At best. <laughs> Yeah, and and Kutil, which Kutil is a fucking superhero, man. I mean, he is on the ball, really aware. Yeah, um, I mean, for the most part, he's pro- there. So. I don't think he ever has touched a car it, unless he bumped the shit out of him at, in a bump draft, <laughs> right? Um, besides a little incident with Andy oh, at yeah, PPR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that was you know that's just racing, right? But for the most nowhere, part, another another he had nowhere to go, and the brakes were locked yeah. up. But it was it but for was the most part, control arm. Yeah, Aaron's like super great at placing his car and know exactly where each corner is, right? Um, and it was going into what five. turn would that be? Turn three at Road America after the five. first long straight. No, I think it was five dropping. Would down. Would that be five? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess because that that kink is considered a turn on that yep. straight. Yeah. But so anyway, it's it's the secondary exit. Also, it's the downhill braking zone. Yes. where a lot of the yes. fans sit. Uh, and Gordon was on the inside, wasn't he? Yes, yes. Yeah. Gordon went for an inside pass um, from way back, right? right. Um, and Cotil saw him in the mirror 
and just stayed on the brakes and waited for him to go right by. Mm-hmm. And then Gordo just went straight off the track into the pits. <laughs> yeah, literally just drove off into the – it's like because cause Road America is so big, there's that second – like in the middle of the track, they have a track exit, so you don't have to make a full lap. And he literally just drove off. <laughs> yeah, because he was just – I mean, he just messed that up, right? But, maybe, but yeah, if maybe some, hadn't looked, like it would have been uh, – like it probably would have written both cars off. Was, oh, a hundred percent! Right, it was like because probably fifty miles an hour. It would have been a T bone at fifty miles an hour. Yeah, at least, at least, because I mean, you're taking that corner. If you take that corner correctly from the you know outside to apex, right? That's right. about a fifty mile an hour corner. Um, and so if you're going for an inside pass, you might do, be doing forty five. And he was going fast enough, so fast he couldn't turn. Mm-hmm. So maybe sixty, sixty five. Maybe, and maybe that would have seventy, been, you know, a little bit, maybe seventy, a little bit of scrub speed because Cattell was going the same direction, but that impact would have been forty, fifty miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would have been a little bit of a broadside, yeah, um, been hard because 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 Cattell would have been already at the apex when he got there. Yeah. Um, but Cattell waited, right? So he probably killed a second off that lap because he just got way on the binder, slowed way down, watched yeah. him go by, um, and all that's like. If you're a listener, you can go back through Cattill's, uh YouTube or Facebook, wherever he posts his videos. Um, and that video's in there somewhere. But definitely a good, a good learning moment, right? Because Cattill really didn't have a reason to look in his mirror, right? Like, no, he, he was, was way, way out, out front. front. Yep. Yeah, and so um, I don't know if I would have, but it's a good example of why you should always do that. Yeah, uh, and, and it's one of those things that you can, even if you're mid-pack Larry like myself, like, you can train yourself into uh, doing that, too. Like... Uh, yeah, hit your marks, hit your marks, check the mirrors, hit you know like it's a it's a thing you should do all the time, right? Yeah, um, no and it's what. it's really I don't think it's hard, right? Going fast is hard. Like yeah. getting a track record is hard. Paying attention to your surroundings is just discipline. Yeah, uh, especially if you if you start building that muscle memory of like you know breaking point breaking like you you hit your marks of every turn you like here's where i break here's where i turn in and like right in the middle of that mirror mirror like you know it's just, it's just a little bit eye flick you know it's uh yeah it, it's it's situational awareness but that it's that tiny little you got to train yourself into that you know but so anyway um we did some rules rewriting for this class we've been chatting about um and not a lot of rewrites, but uh, do you want to go over some of the high level stuff that we uh, that we're doing? Uh, yes. So I guess we can start with. Let's see. We can start with we're changing the front wheel drive modifier. Right. Yeah. Uh, we're dropping it. So why why are we doing that, Adam? I have a rear wheel drive car, so I don't know why we're doing that. Well, I mean that uh, front wheel drive uh, having less weight, just as a chassis style, um, was sort of a carryover from war, uh, Grand Am years ago, like literally written in the '90s, probably. Uh, and then uh, SCCA ST classes used it. We used it a little bit less, but it was just like one of those best guess starting points two years ago. Um, and, uh, there've been some really fast front wheel drive cars and, uh, it's sort of data is showing that, <laughs> that you, that maybe it's not as much of a disadvantage. And a lot of people have said that in STL, uh, which I was on the rules committee for, for a couple of years, it was a talking point. Um, and so we dropped that to what? 2% versus four. I forget. Oh, uh, it was three and we dropped it to two. Drop, yeah. So not uh, a big what, change. Yeah, was, um, 
so it's another point heavier, but. another point to other racing classes right so like SEL or maybe you might think of those solar NASA classes um a lot of those classes don't have this open suspension and control arm and right. you know roll correction like all that's open in GLTC right so right. like the whole philosophy of, of yeah. yeah exactly the philosophy of GLTC right is the tires to control the grip and the suspension is you pick whatever chassis you want and you may have picked a bad chassis or a good chassis, but whatever they sell for you to be able to change it, as long as you don't change the pickup points, you can do that, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, Cotill, his car is, like, crazy setup compared to a lot of other front-wheel drive cars, right? It's More so front hooked sp- up. Like, through 789 at Gingerman, it is, uh, it is gapping, it's gapping really well set up cars by a second. Like through seven and te- and te- and technically it's different because most front wheel drive cars are softer springs in the front, more spring in the rear. His car is more spring in the front, mm-hmm. less spring in the rear. Um, Roll centers and are it's all got, adjusted, and it's yeah, uh, a lot of fancy fancy parts from Australia. Um, right. All the honed buddies are uh, like his car is literally the rolling honed catalog, uh, and then some mm-hmm. Coney thirty elevens, and yeah. uh, all the tire he can cram under there legally and wheel with. Like he's got nine and a halfs in the back under a stock EG chassis. It's crazy. No, they're but nines. I thought they were nine and a halfs, but regardless, it's freaking they're big. Nines. It's big with two twenty fives. He might try to stuff a two forty five with these new rules, but we'll talk that's, about that in a that's minute. That's what I heard. Uh, he yeah. might but anyway, uh, yeah. So front wheel drive. I think that um, I think maybe. Yeah, I think it's a good yeah. step. We'll see where it's that not, goes. not a huge change. Twenty or thirty pounds for each front wheel drive car. Yeah, you know, depending give or take, on the weight. Of the depending car. on the weight. Um, yeah, I think um, another big one is that uh, probably the biggest equalizer um, is the tire change. So, yeah, well, let's wait to get into that. Let's talk about uh, a little. Let's talk about the the well, not flat. Well, it's called we caught it flat here, but it's really the manipulation of the horsepower curve modifier. That's true. Um, let's talk about that first. I think. Um, so last year we introduced a flat curve modifier, but really. I think maybe didn't do a great job of enforcing it. Um, if the competitors took it, they took it. But if they didn't and they were iffy, we didn't really push them too much. Um, yeah, I mean, there was a few instances where we were like, ah, I think you're too detuned, and they took it um, just in conversation before events. But um, yeah, there's a lot of cars that are literally like it's a stock motor car from BMW or whoever, and they're taking a lot of horsepower out of this car, which is – you know, uh, you know, t- there some there's some people taking 45 to 75 horsepower out of these motors, um, and in some cases it's mimicking the natural power band, and in some cases it's definitely not. Like it's advantageous to area under the curve. So, yeah. So, what we're doing is before we used to stack the the um, power band modification uh, modifier, yeah. So manipulation so- modifier. We used to stack it on top of our displacement size. modifiers. Yeah, there was mini bore, right? small bore, um, big bore, monster bore, forced induction. So really, so. if you had a V8 car, you were taking 2%, or a forced induction car, you were taking 2%. You really couldn't take 5%. That makes you uncompetitive. So you really had to like really try as hard as you can to game it and make sure you had a, f- a more stock curve so you didn't have to take that modifier. Right. And some people did it good, and some people failed at it and then just didn't take it anyway. Um because it's hard, right, and expensive. Because um, it's not easy to detune a car. It seems easy. It's a little easy. Um, but if you're really, if you're shooting for a very specific result, it's a little hard, right? Especially if you don't have the tuner experience in oh, it. Oh, you can go crazy um, with it, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so 
and basically we said, all right, no more stacking. So if you take the 3% uh, power mono- manipulation modifier now, you do not have to take a displacement modifier, period. Right. Okay. So, so if you have a factory tune on a 1.5 liter or whatever, you're negative 1% now. Uh, or small boards, 1,990 to 3 liter, like you're 0%. But if you, and not a factory tune, but if it's just wide open throttle, you make as much power as you can with that motor, like then you're good. But, yeah. Yeah. But if that motor would make 240 and you want to make 185, fine. But instead of taking the 1%, if that's a three to four and a half, then you just take the 3%. Um, so that, that's a, that's a, that's a change for sure. So, yeah. And, and it's going to help the people who were, Really taking it when they should have, and it's going to hurt the people who weren't taking it when they, you know, who well, really should if, have been. If right? they were bigger motors, it might it might add a percent, it might add two percent. It's not going to like kill them or anything. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but we're looking. And, and, we we were looking at some data, and we're looking at lap times and video and everything. Um, and uh, there are some cars that are very talented in a straight line, and um, yeah, hopefully with good scrutineering, we can get that uh that like 60 to 100 mile an hour acceleration that's that key zone that we're trying to get like everybody within this certain area you know um hopefully we're real close so yeah and and Um, a lot of that is done like looking at data that was taken from some of these cars or shared with us etc but so you you know what everybody's and realistically like it was really close last year but there were a few outliers um, yeah, I was so. really surprised. Um, I think because my experience running with other organizations, where a lot of the, a lot of people were flat tuning way faster cars, right? Um, and I saw a really huge advantage, right? So right, like on a right. four or five hundred horsepower Corvette, if you flat tune it, it makes it so much easier to drive. It's, it really makes a really big difference. You just um, mad it everywhere, right? And I expected that in this low class, but it really didn't turn out to be that as much of a difference as I anticipated. Um, which is a good thing, right? It makes it easier for us to equalize all these cars. Um, so I think maybe we, we might've been a little too heavy, heavy duty on these big bore cars, giving them a flat tune and 2%. Right. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out. Right. Um, we've had a lot of light cars win. Um, we've had a few so we're really 27, 2800 pound category win. But not a lot. Yeah. So. Um, all the lap records are by light cars. And so this year, and we'll get to the tires in a minute, but heavier cars are getting some more tires this year. So Well, we can get um, to the tires now. That's probably the next biggest thing. Um, yeah, let's do that. So we redid the entire um, tire table. And there's another uh, we're bracket also, now, too. So Yeah, four four categories. Um, the, oh, the, we are – we're letting people run the Continental Reins um, to – until uh 2023. 2023 unless we change our mind again um, so <laughs> continental reins are fine uh yeah. next year there was some drama this year with that now they're um, specifically added uh into the acceptable tire in the dot yeah. slick uh category um, which i lobbied for initially when we made these rules and adam told me no but now I'm, well now they were I'm just finally. so old but i didn't know everybody still wanted to run them you know yeah, well, I I didn't think the the supply would last this long, uh, mm-hmm. but I guess it I guess it did. I don't yeah, like know if they're still I making like, them or dude, what. That's but... gonna be a year from now. Nobody's gonna use those things, and here we are, like two and a half years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you can you can still order them on on Hoosier dot com right now. So, mm-hmm. um, in seventeen, in a few sizes, yeah, and they're like twenty fifteen yeah. date codes. 
Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, there's there's uh, one, two, three, four, five categories instead of four now. Um, and so um, the, the, the biggest thing was the actual, like, the average weight per square inch of tire. Uh, it just went up uh, as you as you went up in category. So we we've increased that to try and balance out the versus like a you know a two twenty five in like a twenty three hundred pound car and a thirty three hundred pound car now can get a, up to a two ninety five uh, in the uh, the DOT slick category and it's just a much more even distribution of weight per square inch of tire, which is um, yeah, it's not something I literally even had thought about. Uh, I hadn't thought about doing the freaking math. Like we, this the the initial run was really just like, all right, let's just stagger it up, right? Uh, yeah. So so what we did was we took the the actual measured width of a Hoosier slick, um, which is the widest of a DOT slick, um, right. is a Hoosier slick. So we took the widest DOT slick you can buy. Um, that's legal for the class, and we divided it by the minimum weight for that category. Yep. Um, so that gives you um, the pounds per inch of width of that tire, yeah. right? And so a light car um, should allow a little bit more, a little less weight per inch because they theoretically should have less speed because they can't break the arrow at the higher speeds, right? right. At the same power to weight. Um, so, but it was way off before, right? It was really lopsided towards... A uh, two twenty five at twenty two fifty had, you know, it was just it was like sixteen percent difference, right? So we closed that gap more to more like eight percent or nine percent, um, right. and then we added another category because uh, the only way to make the math work and keep a two forty five tire is to add another category. So, yeah, which was if your, you're looking at your idea, and I think a pretty good one. So, yeah, um, so I I I wanted to add a category, and then someone else on the rules committee. I suggested some numbers and they adjusted it. Um, and we found, we found basically like I decided the 22 or 225 category and 245 category and the two and the next two heavier weights um, were decided by another rules committee member. Okay. So, and I'm just going to go through them all because um, we're kind of talking and the listeners aren't really looking at the graph like we are, right? Um, right. Or the table. So it might be a bit confusing. But so you're. St- so these are all the DOT. Um, this is all the DOT category for two for two for twenty two fifty and under. You're still in a two hundred five. Um, for twenty two fifty one to twenty six hundred pounds, you you're no. I'm at a two hundred five. So a two twenty two fifty and under. You're on a two hundred five. 2251 to 2600 pounds you're on a 225 okay which is a big change 2600 to 2950 you're allowed a 245 2951 to 3300 pounds you're allowed a 275 um and keep in mind this class used to have a max tire width of 265 period right, right. so and now there's a big big uh weight class Big boys. 33 yeah 3301 and over is allowed a 295 Hoosier. Yeah, that um, used to be 3251 pounds and more was a 265 so. Yep. 
Big difference yeah. there. And um, I think so another, make those cars drivable and usable. Another so. a, another four inches of tire really all the way around um, for those cars. Yeah. Um, so uh, some big some big changes here for a lot of people. And each the semi slick and street tires have all went up according you know equally right. Uh, so now you know at twenty six oh one on a street tire you're allowed a two ninety five street tire. Yeah. Um, at twenty nine fifty one you're allowed a three fifteen. Uh, which Houghton Houghton will be excited about. Um, our buddy in Canada. <laughs> I don't think so he's he can, got twenty nine hundred pounds. Maybe he does. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he he has a two hundred sixty horsepower tune now. Oh, that's right. He does have the big motor in there, doesn't he? Yeah, he put a big motor in it. So, um, now he can run a bigger tire. Uh, so um, or maybe since it's three thirty five. Well, there's no three thirty five uh, AO fifty two. So I don't no, know. What's the biggest? A- What's the biggest AO52 there is? How would I know that? I dude, I don't know. You're the street tire guy. Man, I ain't the I street tire. Street I ain't tires. The, like I'm not I'm not good at anything anymore. I'm like I'm like <laughs> I'm mediocre at everything. Like I'm acceptable at everything. I know uh, yeah. I know some amount about everything. I don't know anything about anything. <laughs> but so basically like um if you're a real light car under 2250, nothing really changes. No. Um you're, even you're like not, the even like the tw- uh, twenty six hundred pound and that those cars nothing changes, but if you're yeah, over twenty six hundred uh, pounds, if you're so a, a lot of cars are running between twenty four hundred and twenty five hundred, right? Um, so you're still allowed the to two twenty five. Um, the only difference is is now you're in a lot closer reach to a two forty five, whereas before you'd have to go all, all the way up to twenty seven fifty. Yeah, like in your um, car, you'd have to ballast up well, like. 65 pounds and you could run at yeah. 45 now. Right. So I run I run at 2537 with the wing. Um so I would need to make four or five more horsepower um to run a 245 or just Which literally it, throw the weight in and uh, Yeah, it. but that's that's silly. You're just giving up power to weight. That wouldn't be that wouldn't yeah, you'd but, have to make them more but power. But t- depending on the track, the tire might make it worthwhile if you if you could optimize uh, for the setup, but Uh yeah, but you would want to add the power too, right? Obviously. Um, so obviously. I mean yeah, you wouldn't want an incomplete car, right? So I wouldn't do that unless I was adding the power as well. Uh, um, like a track like Coda, I might not add the 245s, right? Because it's you, at Coda, it wouldn't really be worth it because there's not a lot of grip-limited corners in a car so a cars as slow as ours. Um, right. I'm flat everywhere, right? I'll be flat on a 225. I'll be flat on a 245. Yeah, it won't make um, much of a difference. But a, but a track like Mid-Ohio with Huge a lot of turning. Yeah, with a lot of turning, I might want to be on a 245. Um, so I might want to find that four or five more horsepower. Um, I could also run a splitter um, and get above 2,600 uh, yeah. if I wanted to yep. um, and run the 245. But anyway, like a car like mine, running at 2,750 in an NC, is you're asking for a braking shit. Um, and so that was never an option, right? Um, making 215 horsepower, 220 horsepower is pretty expensive in my car. Right. Uh, but making 205 horsepower is not. Uh, oh, so, and I can fit a 245. So that makes you know, makes a big difference for me. Yeah, I think it's going to bring up the, the mid and the back of the pack cars that were just like the cars just weren't capable. Um, you know, even with the most talented driver and the most perfect prep, like the cars were probably going to be fifth at best. You know, I think it'll bring a lot more cars into the potential zone. So, uh, uh, yeah. And, and there's a lot of cars that that could probably run at 2951 on a 275 right and be really good 
in their detuned extra running on running on a 245 because that's really the box they had to fit in. Right. Um, right. So I think it'll be really exciting to see this 2951 to 3300 pound category, which most of those cars will be at 2951. That'll be an exciting new category to watch. We'll see some some flares, right? Some E36s with flares, S2000s with flares. Yeah. Um. It, so that'll that'll be like a, and yeah. yeah, a whole new prep level, really. Uh. Well, it it I mean. Re- the the thing we're trying to do is we're trying to balance the possible potential of like so many different cars um and apply apply it to like literally any production vehicle uh in this bracket like and and that's a hard thing to like really figure out cuz when we wrote the rules we're thinking about you know okay what's the most common car is going to be like Hondas and Miatas and so like we weren't thinking as much about like BMW 330i's like but they're there and they should like, yeah, and they and they can race like so well. E thirty eyes. I mean, freaking M yeah. threes. Yeah, I mean, we right. got a, a yeah. couple E forty six M threes. You know, yeah, they, cars that make three hundred fifty horsepower whenever they're full tilt with yeah, bolt ons. And, and one of them, one of the S fifty four cars, literally has like a one inch hole it's breathing through. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, uh, but I, I, yeah, we weren't thinking about such heavily detuned cars. But like, I think yeah. we thought about them a little bit. Um, but really, we thought. I think we might have thought they'd. They would be better detuned than they have been. Right. Uh, um, just expected them to be a little bit better. But well, and, and, uh, and we didn't have and like the, we were playing in a zone with some of those cars that the data wasn't there to look at from anybody else either. So yeah, and no one's. Who, what other race series has detuned Corvettes to two hundred horsepower? You know, M threes to two hundred horsepower. Not a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think anybody. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, and I'm excited about it. And and and, th- and there's still like a lot of chatter in the street tire world where people are like, I only want to buy one set of tires for two seasons, so I'm going to keep trying this, uh, which I think is fun. Like I think that's exciting. Yeah, uh, and, and and the more the merrier as far as width goes on street tires, you know. Yep, and and now you can at 2601 you can run a 295 street tire, and at 2951 you can run a 315 street tire. Right. So you are getting a little bit more tire in those heavier weights. The the smaller uh, the smaller weights, uh, it's it's the same. Right. Uh, but a lot of those cars at the smaller weights running street tires, maybe are trying to do it on 15s anyway, so they're not even at the max width. Yeah, because it doesn't um, it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to go to a 17, which is hard on some cars. Right. Um, but really, the only way that you're going to be able to maximize the rule set on a street tire. I think the, like those are the biggest changes, and then some wording about splitters and under trays, um, but uh, and headlights. Yeah. Uh, if if it's going to be a dark race, you got to have taillights and headlights. That's a rule now. Um, uh, but like the biggest thing we're trying to do is like uh, find a few holes and find a few uh, flawed logics over the past two years. Like things have been evolving over the past two years, but. Now we've got so much more data and so many more different cars. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with it, man. I'm real excited to see. We are uh, having a new uh, driver's conduct system. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. That'll that'll be fun. Um, we're gonna have a point system, which we don't want to do passing rules because you know passing a car, depending on track and corner, is really more of a gray thing than a black and white thing. Um, yeah. If you make it black and white. People push to the edge of the black and the edge of the white, and they hit each other. Right. Then they then they complain. Right. Um, we're more so of like we're, a don't be a dummy system in that regard. Yeah, a lot it's of it a point. Ex- a lot of it's explained. It's a point, 
uh, in the driver's meeting, like, here's how we expect you to drive. But, uh, yeah, when, when there are dummies. <laughs> the neatest thing is, and I really wasn't even involved in this. You guys figured this out only on own, but doing a points-type deal, like you get points on your license, right? If you right. you know get a DUI or wreck your car or whatever. This is you fully get enough, my you- idea. I actually had to convince Renee to do it. <laughs> so. Yeah, so... Um, you blow a yellow, you get some points. You hit a car, you get some points. Um, racing incident, you get some points. Hit a car on purpose, you get a whole shitload of points. No, you just uh, get asked to leave. Yeah, or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. my my ending point is what's the the most hilarious thing is that we're gonna tally your points and we're gonna put them on your window. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, put them on the front and the back of the car. Uh, so so that, if you're if, so people if you're know. a problem child, <laughs> if you're a problem child, I know. Um, to maybe look in my mirror if you're coming on the inside of me uh-huh. or whatever, which which I like, right? Um, that's really good. Yeah, it also g- is a little like, bit of a oh, scarlet man, letter. Oh, little Billy over there, that guy's got four, and he's almost at five points. If five points gets you gone, yeah, uh, I yeah. might want to be real careful around Billy. Uh, or, yeah, or, or maybe or he just or, he just. Or maybe he just pisses me off and I hit him because I have no points and I want him banned the next race. <laughs> I, no, I, I wouldn't do that, I Renee. Do don't not listen. want to see that. I will watch your video <laughs> and kick you right in the taint. <laughs> oh, I forgot my card. I forgot my card in yeah. there. No, I'm yeah, kidding. I probably got a, I probably got a drone over top of you when it happens, so you better be careful, baby. Yeah, um, but shaming by your peers is a pretty pretty effective tactic the military learned that a long time ago scarlet so. letter is uh yeah it's a real thing man so uh yeah it, it i i knew i knew i might be onto something when giles who's a little bit of like a sadistic uh uh as far as like something like this goes this would make him smile like the scarlet letter thing uh it, it i and when when he smiled about it i was like okay i might be onto something here <laughs> i was listening to a podcast um, yesterday, I've been hooked on Special Forces and Navy SEALs podcasts with okay. guys that have got out right, right. all week. And uh, one guy, he was he was a gangbanger in Los Angeles, and he um, just went into the went into the uh, service and become I don't know some sort of Navy SEAL or Green Beret or something. Right. And he was talking about uh, being in boot camp or or whatever, and he was saying that you know. Where he is from, in the streets, you know, you don't disrespect people, and if you do, you're fighting, right? And and someone disrespected him, and he got in a fight, and he kicked the guy's ass. And they, this was a um, Hispanic uh, guy that was talking on the podcast, a real little guy, right? So he got picked on a lot, and you know, beat people up mm-hmm. whenever they did. And he said that he learned real fast because the punishment was uh, the drill sergeant. Uh, made him hold hands <laughs> all week for the rest of the week. Just right? Hold hands. <laughs> yeah. So, so he beat the guy up, and then they then they, they had uh, to they, walk around and eat dinner holding hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said the only time that even going to the restroom, the only time that they could not hold hands is when they were sleeping. Oh my gosh! Can so you that's imagine? an example of something like this, right? Oh yeah, yeah that'd be hilarious, right? <laughs> Yeah, like like the next time I I dive bomb somebody and put a door ding on somebody's car, like Renee's gonna give me three points and she's gonna tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. that I've done and, that, but like using myself as an example, like, yeah, everybody's gonna know. They're all gonna know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that, so that, that was that, my thought. It was cool. it was like literally like that same kind. Of, I hadn't thought of like the the boot camp or bud scenario, but like, uh, yeah, like if if say like like Johnny Numbnuts in that Miata, like like that guy, he's out here, he's running okay pace, but like, man, his awareness sucks. Uh, I want to know that his awareness sucks, and if he's got like a big uh, like three PTS on the front and back of his car on the windows, like. At least I'll know, you know, I uh, might want to make sure I'm heavily in his mirrors and or fully next to him when I commit to a turn, you know, like it's a thing. Uh, so that's that was my only thought was like, how do we prevent how do we prevent stupidity uh, or or just save people from stupidity? Like give them a warning too, you know, not that there's a lot yeah. of stupidity, but like things things do happen. So uh, um, I think a lot of this was strike from the Midwest Festival, which I wasn't at, but it just seemed like, you know, I think we have a higher standard than a lot of other series, um, which is fine, right? If that's the bar you want to set, if you want to set that a little bit of Fender Bang is okay in your series, that's on you, right? My, my um, bar my bar is perfection because I wanted to, like, give yeah. away GLTC after race three. Yeah. I was well, like, some people's perfection... Some people's perfection is a little bit of rubbing is racing, well, right? Yeah, and, um, and, I, mean, I grew, I grew yeah. up racing dirt bikes. You know, the, the thing is rubbing elbows. Like, that's part of the game, right? right. But we're not right. rubbing fenders. Um, and then, But GLDC is different. We don't want to rub fenders. We don't want to fix body work. We just want to race hard. It's also really um, hard in damp conditions in the cold when there's a gajillion cars. And it's uh, like the dark races yeah. and, and the dusk races were actually cleaner than like like the only dry race was race three. And so like everybody let their heads uh, get about three steps ahead of them and or behind them. And they drove by the seat of their pants on the start of that race. And it was... It wasn't perfect. Like there were some, there was a yeah. few bent fenders, and I did not like it. Uh, and by the so. lap times, the track was slow. It wasn't even yeah, though that was the was only not, dry race. The track was not lit on fire at all. Yeah, so. Eric set a lap record, but like the end of the race, after yeah. his tires got warm, the start of the race was it was so cold. Um, and I was on I was on two hundred fives, and I started from the back because I didn't race race one or two because I had. Uh, I had literally like melted coils uh, on my car, uh, so and I didn't have time to work on it. Um, and so I started from the back of race three, even though I had a decent qualifying session. I was I would have qualified like right in the middle, which would have been fun. But um, I just watched it all happen. Like I had to watch it all happen. But I was on Hoosiers, and like we, you know, it, I, I threw it around, hard braking, hard acceleration, and like I didn't have anything on the start like the car was real tail happy into turn one and i'm like driving around people because they're spun backwards um it uh it was not great conditions but yeah um, but i still want perfection if it's not great conditions it's not great conditions for everybody and like uh 95 of them made it through okay so it's possible you know like so the scarlet letter of uh of how many points you've earned on your windshields uh Maybe that's the deterrent. I don't know. It's just one. It's it's one idea. We'll see how well it works. But um, I don't. No, want, I think it's going to work awesome. I don't want anything right, written so, on my windshield. <laughs> so. so what else? Uh, what else have we changed? Um, like it, we did change the splitter rule a bit. Um, yeah, vertical you, vertical surfaces on uh, on allowed under trays uh, or horizontal surfaces on allowed under trays if they're shared um, with uh, with. Air inlets, basically, that's considered a splitter. Um, basically, yeah. So basically, if like you moved your splitter if, if, under the car. If, <laughs> so. if you're doing, if you're doing an air dam, 
Um, you got to put the air the air intake in the middle of the air dam or somewhere above. You can't make the air intake right on the under tray, right? Because then right. it's just a splitter. Um, the the new wording not, this is, isn't something. This yeah. isn't something I really I really care too much about. This is Adam's baby. Uh, um, it's not so much my baby. I just want I don't I don't want splitters under the car. Um, yeah, I I don't. I don't know if it makes as huge a difference. Um, I, I but know somebody's going to be mad at me with it, with it but it's the okay. rest the the rest of the rules committee did so. Uh, uh, so the new wording is: uh, in instances where an allowed under tray shares a horizontal surface structure with an air or radiator intake protruding as a splitter or not, this will be deemed as functional as functioning as a splitter and given the corresponding modifier. So just put your air dam in front of your allowed under tray. So like yeah, yeah yeah you just got to move the air inlet up in the middle right. where everyone else is and, and uh, who uh, so. I I know he's listening he know he knows <laughs> he knows who he that's, is that's <laughs> that's that's I mean that's not the only car like that though no there's I a mean, bunch I've of seen them a bunch like of cars yeah. like that um yeah so but uh, uh, I I I think it's it's uh to me that's a little bit of uh gamesmanship on the rules which good on you but um I can't I can't like keep uh, a known uh, hole in the rule. I just can't do it. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we we did we considered um, this was probably the most heated thing, which we ended up we couldn't agree, so we just scrapped it. But we were talking about limiting negative modifiers, putting right. a floor um, on how many negative modifiers you could take, because it you know it's a little more difficult to race, and we you know. People might think that maybe for Houghton's performance at Coda, we were talking about that, but it's really had nothing to do it do with there's it. There's a lot of cars that are down in that negative modifier zone. Where basically, like we're talking about cars that are what, like last year's potential was like eleven to seven to one power to weight ratio up to fourteen to one power to weight ratio, depending on how you build yeah, the car. Yeah, and the cars that are going the fastest in the class are are more like twelve and a half, uh, thirteen to one, thirteen to one, or whatever. Uh, uh, but it but makes, it, yeah, you know, it makes those cars so different. It makes cars with eleven eleven point seven to one. They're gonna do. They're gonna operate on track a lot differently. Like they might not turn as well, but they're gonna go freaking fast in a straight line. Yeah, so. and they're gonna jump past cars on the start, um, which is fine at the front of the field, but um, in the maybe middle not of the pack, the mid- it gets wild. Where, riled. Yeah, yeah wild, where the so. yeah, there's not as much talent back there, and so we we were we considered it, and a few of the rules committee people real passionate one way some were real passionate the other way and we just couldn't agree on on something on on limiting it um some wanted there to be no mag- negative fire modifiers allowed at all right um we sort of compromised on a max of negative four and then we just couldn't couldn't you know we just couldn't come to, to me an yeah i mean so, the, the biggest reason i didn't go with it was i mean and the way the rules committee works for for info of people listening like some competitors are like hey how come other competitors are making the rules? And it's really not. Like, I had, like, I mean, we've got, like, the core five or six of us, but I've also got, like, ten other people, like, that are in daily chats with me just giving ideas and critiques. And, like, so the rules are built by everybody. And then it's sort of a benevolent dictatorship that I'm burdened with that we, like, I got to decide. Like, and so I'm looking for arguments. I'm looking for impassioned arguments and, and, uh, and and data and reasons and I'm bouncing it off, you know, the people that I trust the most, and that's my rules committee. And trust meaning know them, know their opinions, know like where they're coming from. Um, but like 
I it did feel wrong to me to have that base. Like if like right now, I felt like I didn't have enough data to, uh, and and I didn't I didn't even trust like the uh, some of the cars that we were talking about. I didn't trust that they were one hundred percent compliant either. Um, yeah. So so some of that is that like okay, well next year we're gonna have real 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 scrutineering like if we don't trust you you're getting a data box and if your data box shows me something i'm taking the car apart overnight um it's going to be uh it's going to be like I, I don't want it to be uh uh pro racing but like everybody else seems to be wanting it to be basically baby imsa so it's going to be baby imsa i guess <laughs> so yeah which i've been pulling yeah. for for a while i think it's important well this um, year this year like literally staff was like bare minimum because we came into the year with a bunch of debt from last year and yeah. it was a pandemic and we couldn't have any spectators and we don't have any money so i can't pay people to work all day um, we improved from so. last year though you i know? think so i think overall um, it was pretty good we actually had yeah a little bit we more had all the dino sheets and, yeah, every, yeah everybody that you know, got points had dino sheets and yeah but it'll be better next year um but anyway it turns out we decided we're not going to limit any negative modifiers so um there's another year of using, you know, cars that can well, go all the way down to 11.5, I, I think, I don't think one. not anymore. I think the front-wheel drive modifier changes that a little bit. So oh, that, yeah. That's, so that's so it'll things, be so. 11 to 6 or 11 to 7 or whatever. I it's think a little 11 bit less. 9, 9 or so. But. Uh, so that changes a little bit. But uh, – and and it may it may be fine, right, with these other changes and more compliance um, – Everyone may race well together, and if, yeah. you know, if I think not, it's we'll going to be it again next it's year. It's not going to be any worse. I think it's going to be better overall. Um, oh, for sure, so, for sure. But yeah, I, no. I, but I, uh, I think that's, that's just something that that's just something to you know give the podcast listener something that we talked about and right. really didn't agree about and no. couldn't make it happen. It's right, got, and um, it's also so got we just tabled it. It's got to feel right for the series, and it's got to feel like it's all these changes that we've made, like. Most of them were like giving more away, and in some cases we took some back. Um, but most of them, like they're they all these changes actually are made after like a year or two of data and analysis and stuff like that. Like this, these aren't like yeah. uh, I didn't want to make any changes unless unless I could be so convinced that we were making the right change. Like, and I yeah. I think I was actually annoying to like the core group of group of buddies here like i was annoying that i said it a bunch of times it was like i'd rather make no changes than make like like gut changes i want to make changes that are are data driven um and i think we did i think this is all pretty good so uh how many messages do you think that uh went back and forth in the main main chat it had to have been ten thousand at least ten thousand, dude. It might have been a 20, fucking 000. lot. I mean, we're talking like a lot. Ever since Midwest Festival, like for two and a half or whatever weeks, it's been. Uh, yeah, I like. I'm 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 excited to release these rules because like then it's like out there and like I feel like I'll, I feel like I'll have some brain power back. It's been like it's been too much. I mean, nice. It's been too. I'm much, passionate, man. man. I mean, you know me. I mean, I feel like this is a little bit of my baby. Yeah, yeah. And I get real passionate about the rules. Um, and I'm talking t- about them this year, we we've put so much time. I mean, I, I want to thank you you all for helping and like and the ten or fifteen other drivers also like just ideas and thoughts and stuff like that. Like, uh, there's a lot of little changes which might bring up a few things here and there, but like the big stuff, I think is going to give a better core potential to a lot of cars. Yeah, so I'm excited. We're about really 
really just helping out the heavy cars. I mean, a, a lot of the 2021 rules, like if you could, um, if you could, you could just put it into like two things. One, it's going to be better enforcement, a stricter enforcement of the manipulation of power modifier. And of um, like overall scrutineering too. Yeah. Overall scrutineering. Um, but with, but within place of the displacement modifier, if you're a heavier car, if you're, if you were already going to take 1% for, for 3.5 liters or 2% for 4.5 liters, right. you might as well just flat tune your car and have all that advantage. You know, right. what's another 30 pounds, right? Um, so that's a good thing that, that is, I would say neutral for heavy cars and then they get more tire. Yeah. Um, so if you're a heavy car, put those two ninety fives on flat tune and let her eat, you know? Yeah, uh, and then let's see, let's see some records from these heavy cars. I, I think it's, I think the potential is going to be there for so many more cars now. Like, uh, just because we, we spent a couple of years learning stuff and like, here's what this car does. Here's what that car does. Here's what mm-hmm. we, here's our whole, like we had a pretty good foundation, I think, but like, um, I, if we would have just stuck to our guns and been like, nah, it's still a really good rule set. Like it's still a Miata and Civic rule set then. But I think now it's, I think it's a freaking Corvette rule set. I think it's a, it's a four door, you know, Pontiac G8 rule set. It can be a rule set for like anything that gets to the power to weight. Like it's right there. I think it's close. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's going to be, I'm actually a little it's stressed. going to be some tie racing. I'm, I'm sure. a little stressed about how crazy the front of the pack might be. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Oh, I think here's a good time to talk about another idea we've had. And this isn't in the rules. What's that? Um, but this is something we talk about, um, some heat racing at maybe Midwest Festival next year. Um, well, uh, I th- uh, we, we did talk about that. Like, So what it, this, this year basically is my max. Like, I don't want more than 50 cars at Gingerman. And that's, that's for some reason, that track and that event is going to probably always be the fastest selling out event. And um it's the most spectators and it's the the most legacy and it's the event is uh it's just it's the one that a lot of people want to go to right um yeah we had, what 50 we had 54 55 cars registered and i think 51 actually turned a wheel uh so that's a lot of cars like 49 yeah. cars took a start in race one or whatever on a really short narrow course right it's a 40 foot wide two mile mm. course in the wet like it's that's a some lot of would cars. say some would say bad. Uh, I I heard that Derek Gabriel says it's the greatest track in America. So uh, uh, um, definitely, and I heard that on the it's live definitely stream. the it's yeah. definitely the second best racetrack in South Haven, Michigan after that pump track. No one maintains. <laughs> <Son of a laughs> <bitch>. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so like say say we took seventy or eighty cars. Like how would we do it? Uh, I think we would go more towards like a motocross heat style. Uh, which could yeah, be super that's fun. Supercross. That's how uh, Supercross runs, right? Uh, but the like, literally, the other problem then becomes like, where do we park those people? Some maybe we just don't take them. That's what I. That's like, because even yeah. this year, it was uh, there was a little bit of room in the middle if you drove up the gravel roads up the center of the figure eight in the main paddock. But like, it was full, Johnny. Like it was full. Um, mm, and I think was, we figure it out. The uh, yeah, I think it would be just really interesting and cool. Um, Cause right, the track's not interesting. So if we can make <laughs> if we so can much. make the the racing more interesting, uh, then that's a good thing. All right, so it could be super fun. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see the demand, um, and if the demand is there, once we start selling tickets, like maybe I sell less of something else. Uh, and really, we don't need so. that many more, right? We need 
we need a, about 60 people to do this. Yeah, 60, uh, 65. Or 60 or 70, right? Because yeah. if there's 70 cars, then 10 cars are going to break, right? Um, so we need between 30 and 35 for each heat. Right. Uh, and so basically, it'll... Edge engine right now. Yeah. Um, so we would, we, what we would do is we would do heat racing uh, Saturday and Sunday. So there would be a heat one and a heat two. And then if you get like better than 10th or 15th or something like that, um, then you would go on to the uh, main race with the main Saturday race. If you didn't, then you would get an extra race where we would take like the top five, right? Um, or whatever the numbers would be to where we would get a full field of 30 or 35 cars, however many we wanted for the main event. Right. And then you would try to win that last chance qualifier on Saturday. Right. And then we would do it all all again on Sunday. Um, so that every every competitor would still get a minimum of four races, but some could get as many as six if they um, were on the bubble in the uh, heat race and did the last chance qualifier and placed. Yeah, yeah, it could be busy, uh, but it could also be yeah. super fun. Yeah, and I think it would be really interesting for the stream, uh, yeah. and you know, allow Grid Life to take a little bit more more entries in. Right. Um, and I, you know, I think something, cause you know, when we go to road America, right. You're racing road America, you know, you don't, you know, I could, put, racing a hundred, road America. I could put a hundred cars in road America and it would feel, yeah, like, it's huge, it, and it's, like but it's a destination, and it's a destination track too. Um, right. whereas we're, you know, you're, you're at Gingerman at a festival. That'd be cool to have a little, cause it's kind of what night racing is right at Gingerman. It's, it's something to be able make it a little more interesting. It's different, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So the heat racing would be that as well, um, but you could see. So. I do think Gingerman races pretty well. Like it might not be uh, everybody's favorite track, but a lot of people come to it, and it yeah. does race pretty well. I think some of that is is also the detriment is because it's not like Mid Ohio where there's walls on the side, uh, or Road America where it's super fast and there's walls on the side, or Road Atlanta where there's walls on the side. Gingerman, it's like, oh, there's that one wall over there. I can go. Twelve and a half tenths, with, and, and I can close. Well, it, my, I can close there's my actually eyes and see if there's it actually another wall um, that our our buddy, the uh, service advisor at the winning formula, Jerry Garcia, found. Oh yeah, I did so hear he, about that wall. Yeah, there's also another wall. It's in a dirt three wall. somewhere. It's a it's a dirt yeah. wall out outside of three, four, five, six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he found it. He 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 said to the window, to the wall. Yeah, man, all the way out to that wall. I didn't know no even didn't even know it was there. There's another wall, too, uh, that uh, he was a recent guest on the show, Scott Robertson, uh, and I think their new podcast is dropping soon, Track Walking, him and uh, Seth Lemke. Uh, he found a wall that was shaped just like a porta potty last year, and he, and he hit a porta potty, so that was cool. <laughs> so, yep, you can't hit those. Um, if you go really, really, really far off in like the 910 area, you might hit the porta potty that's designated for the worker. Yeah. <laughs> so, Oh, that's the best video. It's just like, oh my gosh, you just go so far off. <laughs> I I think I think I might argue that I don't know if GLDC's race bad anywhere though. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you if you I I think like I think the the quality of racing some of it stems from short races, which was by design, and some of it stems from uh, camaraderie and like the like the the core group of drivers. I think is is one of the like the more close knit driver pools that I've ever seen. Like we don't have 500 GLTC drivers. We got like, we got like 110 uh, and like, yeah. And like 75 of them are really good buddies. 
So yeah, for sure. Uh, so that's some of it. Too, and just getting more and more and more and more. Yeah, I think we've had. So, a, I think we've th- after this year. I think we've had like 140 drivers try it, or 130 drivers try GLTC. Um, and uh, yeah, I think there's been a lot of them that um, like the group chat for GLTC is bonkers. Uh, it's a lot of people. Oh, it's it's heavy duty. It's real busy, but it's it's like literally like 75 people that are like becoming pretty good friends with each other, and that's a good no start. doubt. Yeah, that's a good start for for racing each other too. So. No uh, doubt. If if someday that's 500 and we've got 30 events around the country, like that's cool. But like I don't care. Right now it's pretty good. I'm fine with yeah. it as is. You know. So I sure would like some some more Texas events. That sure well, would be I nice. know there's there's a lot of people saying uh, go to Texas. So yeah, we're listening. We're listening. There there might be uh, little little, little Yarbrough Grid Life franchise. Let's do this. There might be something that's a nice balance between here and there that that you haven't even thought about coming up. So we'll see how that. Right now we're no we're, come on. We're what deep, track are you talking about? We're deep in negotiation. You you know which one I'm talking about. Um, oh. we're pretty deep. I, I you actually looked at in car video of it a few weeks ago, and I told you. Yeah, um, this is a somewhere. I mean, that's a little closer. Exactly I mean, half, it it's it, halfway between it me ain't and you. Texas. No, no, but it ain't it's, te- ha- it's yeah. halfway between me and you. It's you know, it's yeah. Like, the track looks fun as hell, doesn't though. it? Uh, so yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but we're, so, we're trying. We'll to, talk about that a little more off air. Uh, we're trying real hard to get the schedule out. It's been a hard year for that because a lot of the a lot of the dates were taken when everybody canceled uh, in April and March and May. But yeah, um, just to keep like deposits and stuff in tracks pockets. They like gave stuff away. So it's been a weird year yeah. for that. But um, yeah, and and Pro Series like at Road America and Mid Ohio, like Pro Series are. A little bit slower uh, and more gun shy, I think. Dude, we still have so. another event this year. We got freaking Nola in two weeks, dude. So, I mean, I think the entries are are like around twenty for DLTC, or you're expecting twenty. I'm expecting a little over twenty. Like right now with staff, I think it's fifteen. So, but I mean, there's some heavy hitters. Oh coming. yeah, no, it's not going to so be a slouchy. It's 20. not. <laughs> it's not no bullshit twenty cars. Uh-uh. So we've got. Yeah. I can go over the list of who I know is coming for sure, and I don't know who's registered, but my buddy Dyson Fan from Texas, he's fast, track record holder. He ran good at Coda, S2000. We've got Kutil, Leakty, um, Aaron Leakty, Emil Tab. Yeah. I'm I'm hearing Pervez is pretty sure he's coming. Oh, baby. Um, the fastest uh, Scott Bowling of all time. Yeah. Scott Scott Bowling is coming. Yeah, car's the, getting fixed. Is, yeah, the Cayman. Cayman's back together, almost back together. Luke McGrew is coming. Um, uh, Tony Fuentes posted online that he's coming. Yeah. Uh, race so, I mean, winner. Are, like, literally, you've listed off race winner, race winner, P2, P3, race yeah. winner. Yeah, and race I know winner, more people race. are coming too, but I'm just yeah. talking about the people I think that can win races. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be, uh, it's going to, and, and like, it, it, I don't know. That track might be a really good equalizer too. It should be super fun. So, Dude, I think a lot of the competitors are going to come off the first session saying, "Way this place is gnarly," and I did not expect it to be. Right. Um, because it's got a set of S's that you that are that are like the first. So you go into them at like a hundred something mile an hour. You slow down to about a hundred mile an hour, and then you're flat through the rest of the S's. Jeez. Where it's like op. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's opposite of Coda where you're decreasing speed through the S's. This one, you're gaining speed through this the S's. This is a matted, matted S's, like flooring it the whole way. Yeah. 
Yeah, so average speed there is is fast. Let's see what the I don't I think it's see. like the tenth fastest track in America average speed wise. Nola Motorsports Park. Um oh and so my buddy Chet, he uh he he had a Corvette that he ran in T T and he sold it. Um but he's a pretty good driver and he's running Nola a lot. He's local. And he he's coming to come out. He's never been to a real life event. Mm-hmm. He's gonna come out with a buddy's uh, C7 Grand Sport, and he's gonna run Street GT. Okay. So he ordered some sticker uh, AO52 315 oh square. Um, he's gonna run a Street GT. So I know there's some fast Street GT guys. Yeah. I want to see a, if anybody can come and beat them. There's a um, couple, I know yeah, Kobe. I think there's a couple coming too. So Kobe Shields fast. I don't know if he's coming. He's usually the one that wins. Um, so I think my buddies with Grand Sport got some. So. Uh, we'll see. See, we'll see, see come man. out. We see. We get some competition. Yeah, t- I, time attack right now is uh, it's approaching forty cars, which is a, which is a good start for a field. Usually we're seventy, seventy to eighty uh, this year. Uh, I'd be totally fine with fifty because I don't want to have as much. I, I like I want to have more time in the day. So I think we'll probably uh-huh. have a we'll probably limit it around fifty cars. So, um, but yeah, it, it that should be a fun uh, and it and it's looking pretty pretty possible the live streams happening so we're, we're real close to it so oh i really hope so yeah that's the plan. i was sad so. when you said that maybe it might not be a thing but it is a thing but we aren't sure uh it, it's uh like right now the entry counts aren't qu- like in spectator counts aren't quite where we need them to be but like we're also three weeks yeah. out so um yeah i think this is going to be a one where a lot of last minute Registration. Well, it's also um, yeah. It's the end of the year. Everybody's like, oh, "Man, I'm so tired. I broke my stuff." Like they're gonna look at the weather. If it, if the weather's gonna yeah. be sick, like we'll probably do fine. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Well, one thing I think was funny was like a lot of people were like, "Oh my god, it's a 2021 event at the end of the year." You guys just told us like we announced this we announced PPR like, weekend. Yeah, we announced yeah. it like, <laughs> like three months ago. Three months ago, you guys just forgot. Yeah, or two <laughs> months ago. So like. Yeah, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, I'm like, man, you just told us, and I was like, dude, I told you eight weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and and it's yeah, it's just to me, it makes sense because we knew we were going to end the season at Midwest Festival at Gingerman, uh, and last year we did the same thing. It was like, okay, we got another event in October, or now it's November, and it's like, yeah, why wouldn't that just be one more potential points round that somebody could try? And like a new track, like a new fun track, and it's a destination yeah. area. Like a lot of people go to New Orleans on vacation. So like why yeah. wouldn't I do that? Um, and, and you know, there's no – I mean, where else can you run in November where it might not snow? Right. You know? Not many places. Or, so. or there's no chance it would snow. Yeah. And, and when you're, when you're it, racing in it's series, never snowed there. Yeah. It never, ever, ever has. So. When yeah. you're racing in series like Time Attack and GLTC where it's a drop round, like, yeah, it's just more options. You don't have to come. Like, it's fine. You know, there's going to be. Yeah, yeah. If we, add, if we add another event, it just adds more drops. So right. it doesn't it's really more, matter. Yeah, like, but if um, you want to get much. it started off early and spread your year out, like, here's one way. So, yeah. I think I think it's going to be a super fun event. Like, a ton of drifting. Um, maybe some uh, rally ready. Might be some rally cards, Chris was saying. Yep. Carding all night. I mean, all day or whatever with a cart battle type deal with a buy-in. Uh, so it's gonna be it's gonna be sweet. It's a really good uh, cart track too. It's like one of the premier cart tracks in the country. Um, yeah, bring some bug spray. 
um, and expect some humidity. So if well, you're supposedly it, the bugs and humidity are basically gone by November. So cross your fingers. Oh man, I grew up down there. It it, it, it it's, it's probably, one of those things. Yeah, it probably never actually it, goes away. <laughs> it's one of those things where like it could be fine, but um, it, but it also couldn't be fun like autobahn in, Ju- in july or may or whenever we go to autobahn right like it could be 81 degrees but it could also be could be like 97 degrees you know uh, 100, uh, 102 heat index with 100 percent humidity yeah. yeah so uh that's kind of the deal right um so you want to prepare for maybe some humid and some bugs and some good food um and if it's not any of those things, except for the good food, then you you won, but you were prepared, right? Yeah. Well, uh, I think we did a show, man, we, and we also promoted the crap out of the event that I want to promote the crap out of. So I appreciate that. Oh, dude, so. everyone needs to go. I'm. I really want to go back here again next year. I think. I think a lot of people are unsure about the facility, and they're going to be pleasantly surprised on how fun this fun this track is. It's flat, really but it's nice, fast. Yeah, it's nice. It's huge. I mean, they they made it for they made it like IndyCar level, and IndyCar ran there a year, and then I don't know what happened, Dude, but they didn't go there so anymore. There's so much pavement. Like you can park, yeah. you can park like three events worth of trucks. So like everybody's gonna be yeah. able to be spread out. Right. It'll be super chill. Uh, it won't be won't be jam packed. It should be super fun as far as like the paddock. I think is gonna be good hangs. So oh for sure. Yeah, and the track is fast and awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, not elevate no not a lot of elevation, but fast corners. Um, yeah, it should be fun. So, so. All right, yeah, man, we'll, we'll be uh, awesome. Uh, we'll we'll thank our uh, all of our Patreons. We'll thank uh, Apex Pro, uh, and uh, uh, he's actually coming out. Andrew Rains is coming out, going to drive GLTC, and he'll be there to help analyze any kind of data with anybody. Uh, ApexTrackCoach.com, so you can check them out. Uh, Andrew's going to be racing the yeah, thirty six in GLTC, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I appreciate all the listeners, and I really want to do uh, like me and Abe are going to do one of these shows with Time Attack uh, in the next few days. But I really do want to thank everybody in the GLTC world that has like reached out and given ideas, and it's been like overwhelmingly positive. Like almost nobody's like, "Hey, m- uh, here's what you should do for me." Like almost everybody is like, here's what I think is best for the class, which I think is amazing. Like that's just not a thing that's ever happened yeah. in club racing. Here's what's best for the racing. Yeah, like know? the rules committee basically made rules for everybody but their cars too. Like the main core yeah. committee. Yeah, like, I got to change my car if I want to make it yeah. optimized. Now none of us have cars that got anything. Like we all need to be heavier or stay the same at least. So that's cool. But yeah. Um, um, yeah, uh, we get a big we get bigger tires if we go heavier, but still, yeah, you know, it's not like we really gave a lot to the heavy cars. I think and you're the only one that actually could get that heavy, unless. Uh, oh no, Cotill can. Cotill runs twenty five twenty. Oh yeah, so he, yeah, he'd, he'd have to he'd have to get pretty heavy, but yeah, he could do that. Yeah, if he can add eighty pounds and and run two forty five, no problem. If he wanted to, right. Uh, right. So anyway, well, uh, we we he I, acts, I, but but he but he loses some power to weight because he's definitely negative one percent on two wheel drive. Yeah. So, mm. uh, yeah, well, it's going to be freaking awesome. I and, do, I do appreciate and, all the help from uh, from all the buddies and from the core group that that has always been kind of the core group. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a weird, weird, wild year. I think. So. Oh yeah, it's going to be awesome. All right, well, let's end this podcast. Yeah, man, I'm going to go to bed. 
Go to bed. It's All a, right. Later, listeners. Yeah. See you guys soon. Me and Adam need to do some more of these solo. These are fun. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk soon, buddy. All right, peace. Slip Angle was created by Austin Cabot and Adam Jubay, co-hosted by Derek Yarbrough and production by Abram Schmucker, who mixes all of our terrible audio. If you like the show, please rate us and review us on iTunes and come and find us in the Pit City Grid Live to say hello. Hello.